Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. And we're going to be diving into the criminal underworld. Actually, we're going on both sides, the police force and the triads in Infernal Affairs today. That's the 2002 movie starring Andy Lau and Tony Leung. But before we get into that, Ken, let's get into our podcast ritual. So what's the one movie or TV show that you watched in the last week? Well, uh, this is actually something that I've been watching the last couple of weeks, but I was saving it just for today, Jeremy. I think I may have mentioned it this past Thursday inadvertently. I, was, I couldn't take it back because I mentioned mm. it on the newsreel. But the show that I want to share this week on this week's podcast ritual is The Offer, uh, which is the which is a Paramount Plus miniseries. Uh, it stars Miles Teller, Matthew Good, Giovanni Ribisi, Juno Temple, and um, Tom Hanks' son. <laughs> Call, He's, Colin Hanks. Colin Hanks. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I was trying to be funny, but whatever. Um, anyway, <laughs> this Even show he just looks like Woody to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> wait, that must be Tom Hanks's son because <laughs> he totally looks like um, Tom Hanks. It, it was. It was weird. Anyway, <laughs> I hate his character in this show. Anyway, that means he was good. This show was actually a show that we mentioned uh, over on the newsreel uh, when I guess we found out about this show. It's a, it's a show that's basically about the making of the Godfather and all the obstacles that went into that whole process. And uh, I'm basically caught up with this show. The only reason why I'm technically not is because we're recording this podcast episode on a Thursday and they just happened to release the sixth of 10 episodes uh, today. So they release episode six I've watched the first five. I'm loving every episode so far, and it's getting me hyped. Uh, but I'll mention later on in the podcast episode why it's making me hyped. So there's See, that, your little teaser. That's interesting. It's like it's not like set in the universe of the Godfather. It's literally the making of the Godfather. Yeah, and it's not a documentary. It's actually you know. Um, what do you call it? Miles, Miles Teller plays uh, this character, a real life character, Al Ruddy, who was uh, the pr- basically the producer of The Godfather. And it basically shows uh, all the obstacles that he had to deal with back in the late 60s and early 70s trying to get The Godfather to be made and they basically get to see a lot of the behind the scenes stuff with uh all the studio execs and you know obviously they bring in the directors you know francis ford coppola uh mario puzo who was the author of the godfather and uh obviously all the actors and actresses within within the the movie so yeah and it's interesting that you're watching that show because you know we might be watching something related to that show uh coming soon right yeah, yeah, we'll 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 save that teaser for a little bit later on in the episode. Yeah, yeah. For me, oh, I swear we're not sponsored by Paramount Plus, but because <laughs> I figured that we're not going to talk about this. I don't know. Um, maybe not too in depth in the newsreel, but I finished the season one of Halo on mm, Paramount Plus. The okay. the season finale, episode nine of season one finished finished today so it's a good episode some interesting stuff happened some stuff that i didn't expect 
is it better than that episode a couple of weeks ago? Yes. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> kind of a low bar. <laughs> I know, man. Uh, yeah, I just have to get through that episode. And luckily, this I'll just have to say, the season was very mixed. There was some things I really liked, some things I'm like, like a couple of weeks ago I didn't like a lot. <laughs> So I just had it playing in the background while you like work out or whatever, <laughs> and I never do that. That, that. that that that's very kind words. That that was a really bad episode of television. Um, because I know what Jeremy was talking about. I'm I'm basically only one episode behind. I haven't watched today's new episode. Okay. Okay. Yeah. At least <laughs> we'll see. I, I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the finale. But who knows? Maybe we'll bring it up next week. But I know that we have a lot of stuff to talk about in the tv verse man it's crazy but halo you know we've been raving about that not raving we've been hyped for that show for for a while and i hope they do some course correcting in season two since that was already green lit yeah um i've already accepted that season one to say you know basically Okay, when you say it's mixed, I want to say for me, uh, from my perspective, that's very optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just to put it as nicely as I can, there are definitely more misses than hits for me. Mm. And uh, I think I was talking about how the first episode kind of messed me up because, you know, there was a certain expectation. I rewatched it again, trying to clear all those expectations away from my head. And. I started enjoying some of the earlier episodes, uh, but then again, I don't know what it is. For me, the pacing is probably the worst thing about the show. And, uh, you know, you're, you're thinking Halo. It's a first-person shooter. How about a little bit of action? <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, like, uh, I'm not asking for it to be just nonstop action. I, you know, and it's if, just if not anything, enough. Get- Give us some good drama, and it. I know the show is supposed to be pretty high budget, but we were in like locations that were like the most boring locations for like long periods of time. And the Halo universe is interesting, right? There, I wanted to see more of what's like out there in Reach, what other planets that are, that are out there in the Halo universe. Like the world is interesting. And the UNSC stuff is interesting too, but it's like, man, we're just staying in like hallways and science labs and it's like stuff like just areas that are boring to look at in the Halo universe. When you play the games, it's this huge world that you're able to explore and um, I, if, even if there wasn't any action, give us some good drama in some like nice looking locations, not something out of C- CW pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I think at the at the beginning of the season, I was like, "All right, I'll give it one season. We'll see where we're at." I will be willing to give the first couple episodes of season two. Honestly, I'm at the point where if they kind of screw up the beginning of season two, those first couple episodes, and it's the same stuff from season one, I'll probably bail on the show like completely, and mm-hmm. then I'll wait until you tell me that it's worth watching again <laughs> yeah if yeah if hopefully it if comes it, to if that. it is yeah if it is it, man i could be ranting about this show because i just watched i rewatched reacher and i'm like why couldn't master chief just be more like reacher because that's what master chief is that yeah. kind of stoic very silent character 
Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no. I feel like we could dedicate a whole podcast episode just on <laughs> season one of Halo. Maybe, I don't know. We'll, we'll probably rethink that whole thing in the offseason. Yeah, we'll yeah I don't know if I want to rewatch that episode from two weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no I just meant the, the yeah. general concept of yeah. watching a whole <laughs> season of something, not necessarily this show. Yeah. Oh. I see. Yeah. But last week, we actually watched a pretty interesting movie. And we talked about it last week, and that's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And we ran a poll on our social medias. Ken, what was the poll for that? I think it was a pretty simple one, though. Yeah, it was a very simple one. So for episode 65, which was Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, basically, arguably, the biggest movie, well, so far in 2022, but even more so, even arguably the biggest movie of the year. We'll see how everything shakes out. Uh, We ran a poll... Um, and we kept it simple uh, for this past week's poll. And we just asked you, the audience, who is more powerful, Doctor Strange or Wanda, uh, a.k.a. the Scarlet Witch? And in a runaway, I guess our audience thought the the name of the movie should have been Scarlet Witch in the Multiverse of Madness because she won at 79%. I am not surprised considering the power level she was at in the movie. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah. So her her she was super strong in this mm-hmm. movie yeah. than we've ever seen her before so i would agree yeah minor spoiler she cuts through a lot of people <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh but guys if you want to participate in our episode related polls you can check us out on twitter and instagram at weekly real every tuesday so we'll put that up on our social medias there mm-hmm so today we're actually going to be talking about Infernal Affairs, starring Tony Leung and Andy Lau. And dude, I've been pretty excited to watch this movie ever since ever since watching Shang Chi and seeing Tony Leung there because I think he was honestly the standout of that movie. I was like, usually Marvel villains kind of suck, honestly, but he was really good in that movie. And I was looking, oh, what else did he do? And so Infernal Affairs, two thousand two. And I didn't know it was a remake of The Departed, which I actually watched. Was it the last? The original. Off-season? Just to, the, sorry, is, don't yeah. mean to correct you. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. The Departed was a remake yes. of Infernal Affairs. Correct. And it is very clear that way. That's actually going to lead perfectly into our double feature. But before that, spoiler warning. It is 20-year anniversary for yeah. Infernal Affairs. If you go want to go check it out, it's kind of weird. It's not really streaming anywhere except for Apple TV+. Plus. That's where I would probably go rent that movie. It's not on Google or anywhere else to rent, not even like Voodoo or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Hard to find. I have Maybe my conspiracies Redbox, about that. Only because I didn't check Redbox. <laughs> I don't think so, though. I, feel I don't like, think so either. <laughs> Yeah, I have my conspiracy theories about that. But anyway, spoiler warning, go rent it, then come back. Or if you've seen the movie before, feel free to listen in. And my question for the double feature, my half of the double feature, I'm jumping straight into the ending again, Ken, like how I use how I how I like to do it. And I'm going (laughs) to and I'm going to compare it with The Departed, which ending do you prefer from do you prefer it from infernal affairs or the departed 
And okay, what what specific part of the ending? Because there's like, like, uh, do you want to go ahead and kind of? Li- I mean, again, obviously we're already in spoiler territory. Do you want to kind of like kind of go through Infernal Affairs with that ending? You know, just a brief synopsis, and then what the Departed ending is, just so that the audience knows what we're kind of talking about. Yeah, yeah. So basically, in Infernal Affairs and the Departed. The two, I guess, moles of the story, played by Andy Lau and Tony Lee Young, basically, uh, their two characters are in that elevator, and in both versions of the movie, uh, the DiCaprio, uh, Yan, uh, Tony Lee Young's character, both they both die. The basically the mole that's actually a cop, who's in the Triad Gang, or in the gang ends up dying getting shot and at least in infernal affairs andy lao or inspector lao dies no he no he doesn't die sorry he lives yeah Yeah. in infernal affairs whereas in the departed morning scorsese matt damon actually gets killed by mark Wahlberg's character dignum (laughs) dignum in the departed and i feel like that was like one of the main questions I thought going into Infernal Affairs is what are the fates going to be of these characters? How how different is it, is it going to be from The Departed? And I was honestly pretty surprised that to see Inspector Lau survive the movie, mm-hmm. even though Matt Damon in The Departed is ultimately assassinated as well. Um. Okay, just going to start... From the last thing you mentioned with, uh, I guess, Lau and uh, Matt Damon's character. I forget his name. Just off the, I, It's been a while since I've seen The Departed. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that it was left ambiguous in that we technically don't know what happened because um, we're led to believe there was like a quick little, hey, uh, Dr. Lee, uh, who was the playing the... Uh, psychiatrist, I guess, of Yan. Mm-hmm. Yan had that conversation that happens off screen, and uh, obviously, I think it seemed they they infer that he he basically told her a lot of the stuff that uh, I guess maybe he was experiencing while he was deep cover, and then obviously the new revelations of how Lao he discovered was the mole that was within. Uh, I guess the police this whole time. And so they left it ambiguous that I think they left it to the imagination of the viewer where it's like, okay, does he eventually get put in jail or was Yan's end goal of telling um, Dr. Lee, like everything, was it just so that he can get his identity back? And that was it. And he was going to let Lau do his thing. Um, I kind of like that. And especially especially since this is the original, I kind of do like to give extra points for the originality. And I'm going to kind of always give the tiebreaker to the original because you know what I mean? Uh, It was a it was a huge shock for Dignam to kind of pop out of nowhere and, and kill thing uh kill uh yeah. Matt Damon's character. Uh but I thought I that was that part... his name is Colin. Yeah, Colin, yeah. Yeah. 
I thought it was executed pretty well. It's just uh, no pun intended, by the way, executed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I think I like the ambiguousness, uh, ambiguity, because ambiguousness is not a word. <laughs> uh, I I would kind of have to agree with you, maybe for a little bit different reasons. I felt like in Infernal Affairs, Inspector Lau was more. Um, what's the word? Maybe not troubled, but he was more on the fence than Colin in The Departed. I feel like in The Departed, Matt Damon's character was more like, oh, I am part of the gang for the most part. And he was not as likable, uh, in my opinion, as Inspector Lau either. So I I actually do prefer the ending uh, of Infernal Affairs for the fact that Okay, yeah, he got a taste of like, oh, I like being the good cop mm-hmm. where, you know, I'm I'm seen as a hero, but there's it's it's interesting because it's like can he live with that that lie? Yeah. At the very end, and especially when he's reflecting on what just happened and Yan's death and him turning out to be a undercover cop and all that stuff. It's just like where can he like he it's almost like hell that he's living through at the end it's in a weird way yeah i agree in that earlier in like kind of near the end when uh lao has that confrontation with sam they have the the flashback of like the very beginning of how you know everything really was to sam's benefit and uh you know like everything was done basically for him but then Lau, as he got older, was like, you know what? I have my own ambitions. Why am I sacrificing everything and doing all this stuff just for you when I have all this dirt and know all this stuff? Uh, and if I kill you, that will definitely elevate my status. And I could be, like you said, the hero in this whole thing. Because you could tell it was bu- bugging him. When uh, Superintendent Wong gets killed and like his whole team just like basically gave him the cold shoulder. Um, And I think he genuinely felt bad that that happened the way it did. Uh, But I mean, he he ended up trying, he ended up uh, getting on the good graces of everyone, even though they try to play it off. Like it's like, Oh, everyone's still kind of mad at him. But then they had that one slow clap. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> the slow clap guy. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> it's like, you have to walk through it. Everyone looks all angry for some reason. Yeah. It's like, Oh no, we're just playing. You killed Sam. Good job, man. To address the first part of your question though, like mm-hmm. in terms of the execution of, I guess kind of the twist that Yan uh, Tony Leung's character, and then, um, oh man, Leo DiCaprio's character. I, I forget his name again. In uh, I looked it up. Billy Costigan. Billy. There you yeah, go. Yeah, Billy, Billy Costigan. There you go. I like the execution of The Departed where he actually mm. gets shot because it was shock value. But in terms of the overall way the storytelling of that scene was, I still prefer the Infernal Affairs version because... Uh, I don't know if you agree with me, but the guy that ends up shooting, uh, uh, sorry, Yan in this, in, in Infernal Affairs, I love how they call back to the very beginning as that, I guess, crooked cop was also one of the ones that was uh, plugged in 
to the whole Sam thing, uh, Sam gang or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I love how they called back to that, and there was that initial like connection from the very beginning. I love when things kind of come full circle, and then obviously Lau had to kind of get rid of that other guy to kind of cover his own ass. And so I feel like that whole thing made more sense. Whereas the departed, it was just some random dude that shoots. Really? Uh, well, I, it was a guy, him. I mean, he was a part of like the thing, but I felt like they connected it better in oh, infernal yeah. affairs. I agree. Yeah. I, yeah. That guy definitely had a little bit more screen time than, uh, James badge Dale, I think had in, yeah. um, the departed, departed. Yeah. but I would have to agree. Like, uh, the execution of the departed though where you actually see like all of a sudden uh dicaprio get shot and like the the reaction of matt damon in that scene is the reaction of us where it's like what the heck and whereas this it kind of like cuts to black and you just hear there you get the slow motion there you get the slow motion and then you see it happen i like to i like that we got to actually just see it happen as it happened in the departed rather than how infernal affairs but yeah overall like you said in terms of the story of how it plays out i would probably go with infernal affairs yeah that gunshot still catches me off guard every time yeah i kind of want to watch the departed now (laughs) so for my half of the double feature I kind of talk about, uh, I guess, in the first half of the double feature, uh, some flashbacks. And so, Jeremy, my question uh, related to Infernal Affairs is, what did you think of the use of the black and white hard cut flashback scenes, uh, the way they were used throughout the film? So the flashbacks, I felt like it was a quick way of like explaining their backstories. And it was it was pretty interesting compared to maybe how in the departed it was more like uh a lot of more character stuff happening especially with the therapist Mm -hmm. but that her also being matt damon's like wife or girlfriend Mm -hmm. in that movie i i still find that like too i don't know too convenient convenient yeah Yeah. (laughs) i completely agree that was actually one of the things that i thought was way better in infernal affairs versus uh, the Departed in that they just consolidated everyone to Vera Farmiga's character, um, Madeline. And uh, I, I feel like that I, it's, I, I don't want to suspend belief all the time when it comes to the movies. I feel like that was way too much of a coincidence to have it be the same person. Whereas at least there was a few female parts, even though they were, they weren't like, huge parts or whatever but at least they were split up and it it was more realistic in infernal affairs yeah i but in terms of the backstory i felt like it was done fairly well i i like that the movie's a little shorter i feel like it could have gone maybe a little bit longer considering the movie's like an hour and 40 compared to i think is it an hour to 230 yeah Yeah. for the departed (laughs) Yeah, so I felt like it's like I could have used maybe 15 more minutes of like uh, backstory, but I like that in Infernal Affairs that the 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 wives are separate. You know what I mean? So yeah, and it's quick. They they literally were so efficient with the way there was like no fat on Infernal Affairs. They were just, I think for 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 me, my viewing had like 
my first viewing was a little choppy in that I was like, oh shoot, I feel like I missed something. I had to ca- I had to go back at least a handful of times where I was like, dude, I think I missed something because I was like, wait, what? So I went back and I'd have to kind of jump back, uh, I don't know, a couple minutes. And then I was like, oh, okay, I would catch something with the subs and everything. So it's just, you know, random quick distractions would mess me up on these uh, foreign films. Yeah, but would you, what did you think of the flashbacks? Did you like them? I, they were very helpful. <laughs> to the point where I was depending on them because... In the beginning, okay, I'll I'll admit something. The beginning, I was very lost, even though I already kind of knew what the story was about because The Departed is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I was very confused. I was like, "Wait, what? I could have sworn Tony Leung and and Andy Lau were in this movie. Who are these people?" And I was like, "Oh, they just casted new characters for when they were hella young and cadets, I guess." And then. Um, and then it took yes. me a little while to figure out who was who. Yeah. The, so the that, young Yan didn't really look like Tony Leung in yeah. my opinion. But and I'm that's the, what threw me off. <laughs> yeah. The, the younger uh, Lau was, looked a little bit closer to Andy Lau. So I was like, oh, shoot. And I was a little disappointed that we didn't get like a longer reveal of who was who. Because I remember we're like, ooh, who's going to play playing who? I thought it was going to be, we, we need to figure that out on our own. But literally right off the bat, first scene, you're going to be a policeman. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah. shoot. And it's, well, the the whole flashbacks, uh, you know, talking about me using that as a crutch, the, the sec- my second viewing of the, the second screen of this, sh- this uh, movie, I totally missed that they were doing like quick cuts or whatever of like young Lao and young Yen. And then it then would end with like, Tony Leung and it would end with Andy Lau and I'm like oh to- I totally missed that so yeah those um, are good ones though yeah show their development yeah I, and I don't know if it was like more straightforward obvious uh but I don't know I just feel like it it did help because a story like this can appear convoluted because there's a lot of twists and turns and everything and it really did did help out um, it was, it was either, I mean, you can approach it in one of two ways, the way the departed did it, where you have a lot of backstory and you are spending 45 extra minutes building that backstory where, you know, when they actually have stuff happen, it'll, ha- uh, it'll, you know, it'll make sense. Whereas obviously less screen time, you got to think of a more efficient way of like, Hey, this is the reason why you should be thinking this. Like, you know, when they do the Morse code part or. Uh, the whole envelope scene where like Yen's tailing Lao or whatever, the whole, it's like, oh, it's, I think this is the, the, the actual mole. So it was definitely helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah. If you want a more fast paced, like just no fat movie, definitely go with Infernal Affairs. But the, the Departed does some interesting character work too. So it's like you have to kind of pick and choose what you're more into. Uh, but. I want to ask you guys, the audience, which movie do you actually prefer, The Departed or Infernal Affairs? So, Infernal Affairs is the original, and The Departed was by Martin Scorsese. Guys, let us know. Go on to Twitter, at Weekly Real, 
or Instagram at Weekly Real. Tweet us or comment on our posts and let us know which one you like better. And if you want to go on a full-on rant, send us like an essay. Like, oh, this is my essay, The Departed versus Infernal Affairs. The remake is better or something like that. Just send us an email, you know, at our, at our email address. Weekly Real Podcast. The Weekly Real Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right ken <laughs> yeah, by martin scorsese no uh <laughs> yeah if you want to write a full-on essay you know a two and a half version a two and a half hour version of uh that or more something a little bit more concise like infernal affairs it's actually weekly real pod at gmail.com yeah seek more concise don't don't type in cast on there it's pod, it's pod. at gmail yes all right guys let's take a quick break All right, welcome back from the break. Let's jump into our weekly real awards, and we're going to start off with the I Am Groot Award for favorite character. There's um some standout characters in this, I think. I don't think uh, Sam the Boss is one of them compared to Jack Nicholson. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, who's your winner for this one? Uh, I think we've had a couple of these movies where it's a... Uh... It, you know, where we're giving away the I Am Groot Award, where it's basically a two-horse race. Um, the one that, the most recent one that came to mind was the, uh, what do you call it, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so this movie is no different. And this week for the I Am Groot Award, I'm going with Yan because, man, I, I didn't realize it, but I should have. Tony, Tony Leung is a ladies' man. First of all, he pulled the doctor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they kind of inferred stuff happened uh, and late she was in the movie. married yeah <laughs> i didn't Whoa. know that like, and what? i don't know if he caught it but remember when he ran into when he was said he was going to get a massage and ran into like his uh old girlfriend i feel like they inferred that that was his baby mama because that daughter was actually his did you catch that <laughs> I didn't catch that. Maybe my subs were messed. Well, off offline, guys. Honestly, my subs on. I rented off iTunes apparently, and uh, that didn't work out so well because my subs are kind of missing sometimes. So I must have missed something in the in the small dialogue. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll kind of fill in the blanks then. So they were talking about how oh, like early in that dialogue, they were like, oh, it's been seven years or whatever, and then. You know, they're talking, they're catching up a little bit, and then the daughter comes in, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's your daughter. It's like, oh, how old is she? She got, uh, like, the his old girlfriend. Oh, she's five, blah, 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 blah. And then they say your goodbyes. They go, ba- they go back to the mother and daughter. Daughter goes, but mommy, I'm six. I was like, oh, oh shoot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Never <laughs> mind. I caught that part. I caught the I'm six part. So I didn't know about the other parts before. So, okay, that makes more sense now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, Yan got the moves. Okay, I got you. Well, I mean, it's when Wu, he pulled, uh, what was her name again in Shang-Chi? <laughs> shoot. She was remember. powerful. I forgot, yeah. I forgot her name, but she was powerful enough to have two crazy overpowered um kids you know what yeah I mean? yeah man he he could definitely get 10 rings even without power <laughs> <laughs> <Ayo. laughs> but yeah no, to uh, on a serious note though yan was already 
similar to Billy Costigan in The Departed, one of those standout cadets where he was just too good to be just a normal, um, I guess, police officer or even like an inspector or, or detective or, or, you know, I forgot what the official title was, uh, because he had the ability to to recollect and, and just observe so much. I mean, obviously, the, the funny part was he was able to observe that uh, Superintendent Wong had mismatched socks and that he was just in a hurry to, to leave yeah. work, leave for work or whatever. So it's just like that whole instincts that he had. Plus, I don't know, you kind of felt bad for him because, you know, he was deep cover. He was only supposed to be deep cover for a certain a shorter amount of time. And then it ended up being over 10 plus years. And you just kind of empathize with, with his character because he just kind of wanted his, his identity back. That was basically his whole motivation uh by the end of the film yeah like in some ways uh dicaprio's version of the character i guess it's he's much more like panicked (laughs) you know what i mean costigan is definitely more panicked than yan was yan was usually more level-headed about stuff uh, because man, sometimes the way DiCaprio was acting, I was like, dude, how is this guy not the mole? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he was jumpy to say yeah. the least. Yeah, he was very jumpy. But then again, um, Jack Nicholson's character scary was very scary compared to to Sam. At least what we saw of Sam. Yeah, and even um, what do you call that? Even the number two Frenchy, French, French, Frenchy. I forget the. That big dude. He was mm-hmm. kind of scary looking too, but in a more like sinister, like less obvious way. You know what I mean? Like towards the end, Jack Nicholson's character was becoming unglued because of the drugs and everything. He yeah. was just kind of out there. And I think that's, I think they inferred that that's the reason why um, Colin, Colin, right? I, I mm-hmm. forgot, yeah. Matt that's why he, he literally had to, like off him later on in the uh, the movie. Spoiler alert for The Departed. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> for me, actually, though, it has to. I have to go with Inspector Lau. Uh, we like you said, two horse race, and always comparing it with the, the Departed. But I just remember in The Departed, I did not like Colin or Matt Damon's character. I'm like, this guy is a sniveling like little mm-hmm. twerp asshole guy mm-hmm. i'm like and because so much bad stuff is happening to costigan and same kind of goes with the end here and um superintendent wong dies especially I, I still thought that was as effective or maybe yeah. even a little bit more oh we'll um, get to that later <laughs> yeah yeah um in in the movie but i would have to go with inspector Lau and the not changes but the original character how he's a little bit more ambiguous um there's that not really a change of heart and maybe a little bit more wiggle room for redemption, I guess mm-hmm. that, that I like about that character. Cause even by the end, you don't see him as a hero, obviously, but at the same time, it's like, okay, what, how is this guy going to continue after all that he's done in this movie rather than, Oh, when Mark Wahlberg kills Matt Damon it's like, okay, good. The bad guy didn't get away with it. Jesus, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like the, like you said, they there were more layers to Lau versus Colin. And I don't know, at times I was like, okay, I know he's supposed to play the more 
asshole version of these two characters. And I know I should be rooting against him, but there were times when I kind of felt sorry for him. Mm. And I sometimes forgot that he was supposed to be the villain in, in this movie. And I felt like that's just a, um, a testament to, to Andy Lau's performance as Lau. And yeah, no, he did a really good job. It was I, good. And he seemed likable early on too, like um, when he was kind of growing up and they were establishing the characters. Yeah, I think what another, another thing that plays into that is the wife or um, or Vera Farm, yeah, fiance and Vera Farmiga's character in The Departed, where it's like the way he tr- uh, Colin treated her in the movie is like, dang, I really don't like this guy. Yeah. And how that connected with DiCaprio compared to um, Lau and his fiance, where it's not like. It's not like he's actively really like doesn't connect with her compared to and he's just kind of like busy with his his gang stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's kind of just getting in the way and he doesn't want that to get in the way for them to be together. I think that's why the character is a little bit more relatable in that sense. I agree. Uh our next award though is the that shield doesn't belong to you award for most intense scenes. So that's like the whole movie, but yeah, you got to pick one scene, man. Oh, you know what? Um, I When I saw the outline, I was like, oh, okay, I got to pick the most intense scene. And it, and it helped that, you know, we had The Departed to, you know, kind of my memories to kind of draw off. And I was like, all right, it's probably going to be one of these few scenes, you know, where, you know, like some of the more action type scenes, action type scenes. So. The one that hit me the most, because I feel like it was, it still hit, even though I already knew it, what was going to happen. But I was like, are they really going to do it? Is it? Did Scorsese actually pull this scene basically word for word, bar for bar to quote uh, Soldier Boy? <laughs> the scene that I want to pick is the Superintendent Wong falling off of the rooftop, but all the stuff leading up to it in that... Dude, from the point where, you know, they meet on the rooftop and uh, Yan gets the phone call. And I was like, oh, shoot, they're coming. They tailed you. It's like, uh oh, <laughs> are, are we going to get him thrown off the top of the, the, mm-hmm. the rooftop? And I was like, oh, good. They went down uh, to like uh, the elevators and stuff. OK, maybe he won't get thrown off. <laughs> yeah. But then um, obviously they kind of show. uh I guess like all all of Sam's guys, you know, like kind of surrounding the building, and and then they showed Wong getting into the elevator. I was like, I knew that obviously the doors were gonna close, but then they were gonna somehow yeah. open again. But <laughs> I still thought I, I was still pretty surprised that I was like, oh shoot, ah, thanks. oh no, he's screwed. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, as soon as Yen escapes. And then tries to play it off like he f- finally gets there. He gets out of that taxi. And they were starting to pan out. I was like, oh, no, here it comes. Here it comes. And it still hit me. And I was like, no. At least he didn't just hit pavement this time. <laughs> I know. That was obviously more brutal because that was the first time we were seeing, um, I guess, this story. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, The Departed did spoil it. But I feel like the execution was really well done yeah and i actually do like 
that he fell on the car rather than just the pavement. Yeah. And I correct me if I'm wrong. Did we see like him fall? Like we saw like the full body, like as he fell, right? Yeah. Compared to this, where it's like you get that wide shot or panning away, and then you just see him land on the car. Land on the car. Yeah. And I, I mean, like it was sound. just the last part. Yeah. Yeah. Just the last part compared to to the, the part where you see the full thing. Yeah, like head first, you know what I mean? So it's just thud. Yeah, that was that was intense cuz I'm like who I want to see who actually survives this and uh how faithful do they die like, you know? And uh, Superintendent Wong still couldn't survive, man. But by the way, random aside since we're uh-huh. mentioning Superintendent Wong, he kind of remi- and this is just an inside thing between Jeremy and I. He kind of looks like your uncle. Which uncle? Cheeto. Cheeto. Really? Just a little bit. I don't really see it. <laughs> you got to put them side by side. It's yeah, you got to put it side certain by side. angles. Uh, but anyway. I'll look them up later again. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll do a side by side. Yeah, like uh, a younger for, version though. A younger version. Okay. Yeah. Of your uh, my uh, award for most intense scene would go to the when Lao and Yan meet up at the rooftop at the very end. Just because the way that plays out, I think is is more. You don't re- like it's like you said. It's more ambiguous. You don't know what's going to happen. At least in the the Departed, the, for some reason you expect, oh yeah, DiCaprio is going to win. You know what I mean? And then he dies. Uh, compared to this, it's like, man, what are they really going to do from here? Lao, he de- he deleted Yan's file like the scene before, mm-hmm. and then he's having this whole change of heart because. His his fiance heard the recording and all that stuff. I, I thought that was uh, well done once again <laughs> with the tapes, and uh, yeah, I thought that scene because we don't get to see those two guys uh, interact face to face in the movie a lot. So when they are face to face as antagonists, you know what I mean. Compared to you know, it's just like the Departed and seeing them two on screen together. It's like a powerhouse. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I would imagine that was Hong Kong's version. And it happened before, four years before the whole Matt Damon, Leo team up, not really team up, but at least the two sides of a coin. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, that it, that scene is really good. And again, with them being on a rooftop, I was like, Oh no, they're going to go down an elevator. <laughs> we yeah. know where this is leading. <laughs> There's that sense of dread, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I love the shots, uh, the cinematography on that rooftop. I don't know, it just looks cool to me. Yeah, dude, I, I love the, like, the, like, kind of the blurry, like, uh, depth of field uh, into focus because it's, you know, we, we've gone through a lot already and we knew, you know, we're pa- basically at the end, it was like, kind of like a mirage type thing on the on on the rooftop all right let's jump into our next award the jensen award for underrated character or underrated scene you can choose have your pick which one are you going with um i'm going with underrated scene this is kind of my mo for the jensen award i usually like to talk about scenes versus characters but sometimes there is a i guess a standout underrated character but uh, for this time, I'm going underrated scene, and I'm glad you did mention the rooftop scene. That's not my pick, but it's actually their first official 
mm. uh, meeting in the very beginning when they're just talking about stereos because that was the one thing that was missing from The Departed in that we literally only get um, Leo and Matt Damon together only at the very end. We get the near miss, like, you know, in the theater uh, and when they were doing that whole chase thing when, you know, they still don't really know each other just yet, but they didn't really actually have that face off. The one thing I do like is that chance like meeting and it was for something so random about the speakers. And then again, things go full circle because when they meet in the office, it's like, oh, they referred back to it. It's like, oh, how did, how's that yeah. stereo? And then this is when Yan still doesn't know that Lao is the mole within uh, within the police department. And and then it later on pays off again when they have like the tapes playing from those same speakers. So for yeah. me, that that whole thing, the way everything ties up, the storytelling is beautiful. Props to Lau and uh, I forget the name of the the other writer. So good. Yeah, that was. I like that tie-in where it's like the same speakers that were used to play that song that they both liked. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, it does sound better. It does. Sound <laughs> I thought that was. And, and, the, and it's true. Like cables do make a difference. <laughs> they do. They do. Uh, for me, the I actually chose underrated character, and we talked about it a little bit. I chose Superintendent Wong. And um, Martin Sheen did a good job in The Departed. But for some reason, I felt more of like a mentor-mentee uh, relationship for uh, for Yan and Superintendent Wong. Maybe it's like just he seemed he, he, he was like very caring and I guess. And maybe, I don't know, it was the song when he died and then this, the music like swelled. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> Very melodramatic. (laughs) Very mellow. It it felt like I was about to sing karaoke. (laughs) But no, it was... I I actually thought the music was underrated, by the way, even though mm -hmm. it sounded a little dated. There was a couple times I was nodding my head to some of the beats and then kind of like wanting to... Like, I I felt bummed when like the the music would swell like that. It's like... Yeah. It was... I like the, you know, the... the it's like a Hong Kong movie, obviously. Like, just right. it, that's how it is. I, I and I like how it, it retains its style, even though it's just two thousand two. Uh, the next award is the Avengers Assemble Award for favorite scene. So this is a good one. Uh, I'm curious to know which one's yours. Uh, it's actually your winner for most intense. It's the final confrontation. It's the whole thing. Uh, I mean, I think we've already talked about this scene a lot. It's knowing that they both finally know that they were both the moles. And again, they were actually on good terms and they didn't even know know it at the time in the beginning of the movie. And uh, I don't know. It's just that whole... I don't know. You've, you felt bad that Yen was now just wanting his identity back and knowing that Lao completely deleted him mm-hmm. uh, from ever existing. And now everything that Yan had uh, been going through, just being in deep cover for 10 years, basically being a criminal. Um, and it's like, 
obviously he knows that's not him and he'd ha- he had to go through a lot psychologically to kind of get through it even though they kind of he played it off like whenever he would go to dr lee he would just go to sleep <laughs> which was yeah. which was an interesting way of having to kind of deal with what he was going through um i guess there's that whole difference between how billy costigan uh dealt with it when he was having his uh sessions with madeline but kind of going back to the final confrontation it's it still was really well done uh, again, I liked the overall execution of how that was done, uh, adding, you know, the different flashbacks, the the other cop that was also planted, you know, he was also a cadet that was, um, I, that joined the police force right around the same time Lau did. I like that better. Uh, but uh, yeah, that final confrontation is just so, in, so well done and it. I don't know. That's just great A cinema. Yeah, I I like that Martin Scorsese didn't change. Basically, it's almost like shot for shot. Mm-hmm. And it's because I don't think you can get better like too much from that. I, I mean, um, compared to just when DiCaprio dies and gets shot, that's like the only thing that's like really changed from that scene. Maybe that... I did like how in The Departed, though, where they were actually riding the elevator down and then he gets shot. So, because there's that sense of dread when they go down the elevator, um, <laughs> that, and it was awkward too. Because you're, you're just like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I totally agree with you. My favorite scene is actually your. I think you said underrated scene, uh, where they meet for the first time. Not not sorry, not for the first time. Sorry, I got mixed up in my head. It's where they meet when they. Um, Yan is done with his mission. Oh, yeah, yeah. in the office. In the office. Yeah, yeah, no, that was good. I love those scenes, man, with, with like, Costigan and Colin in in The Departed. I love it in this movie especially, too, because there's that, that when um, Yan, signature, all the, that uh, stuff. The, the envelope, uh, he's, he was spelling bodyguard. Yeah, it's like, how do you spell bodyguard? And the, same, same style, man. They have to play the Cross same it way. It's like, huh, yeah. And then he he actually wrote out bodyguard. Whereas in The Departed, it was citizens. <laughs> it was funny how the guy, the henchman, <laughs> spelled it all weird. And then Billy Costigan's like, no, it's like this. So it was basically the American version of that same scene. Yeah, yeah. But I love that scene when they're just like there's still that tension there because like Lao, he doesn't know that Lao is the mole and they're mm-hmm. like interacting right there and I, that that was my favorite scene. Yeah, sometimes, you know, it's weird. You would think that, you know, a lot of people's favorite scenes on, on a given movie, just in general, would be like something like uh, like something explosive like a crazy action sequence or whatever but there are times when you know a movie's really good it's just just the dialogue and the acting and just the audience knowing something that maybe some of the characters don't know just yet so you you're in the know and there's that tension that's built up uh underneath everything and the scene that you pick basically depicts that perfectly Mm-hmm. Uh, what I was almost gonna choose the the scene where Lao calls Yan on the phone and like starts doing Morse code on the phone. Yeah. I almost did. I almost chose that one, but I felt like uh, that the one I chose like ultimately stood out more. Yeah, the Morse code. I I actually like just to kind of touch on it. I love the use of Morse code because that is obviously something where 
um, where Wong and Yen were, you know, that was kind of their way of, of communicating kind of in secret. And, you know, Lao was able to kind of figure that whole communication way, uh, method out. And to the point where there was montages of him trying to learn Morse code, um, something that the departed didn't even touch on. Yeah. See that underrated, man. I like how things tie in together. But we're not going to be using Morse code to figure out the Rotten Tomato score because it's time to guess the Rotten Tomato score. Ken, you are officially winning right now at 12 points. I'm at 9 points. Andrea's at 8. And um, do you want to actually pull up Andrea's score since you know, oh, she's yeah. not here to defend herself? <laughs> or uh, let's I have see. A, I have a weird feeling that... Uh, I don't know. I feel like you're gonna you're gonna just edge me out. I just have this bad feeling. Ooh, okay, that I have red. Andrea's guess, uh-huh. and it's really close to mine. Crap. Uh, so Andrea's guessing ninety percent. Ooh, crap! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> when you said it's close, oh shoot! Okay, yeah. what's your, what's your guess? So mine is actually ninety one percent. Sorry, crap, Andrea. monkeys. Dang it, man. Oh, man. Okay. I also got 91%. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. Shoot. So what happens if we tie for first? Then we both get three points because technically we're first, right? I guess so. But then, uh, but yeah, well, we'll see. Well, We'll because Andrea may just beat us both. (laughs) Yeah. So what if we're both second? Do, does that mean we point. both get one point? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let me go look that up real quick. I'm just trying. I'm trying to remember the rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we kind of made them up on the fly um, this season. Um, check out our earlier episodes this season on the Batman and Rush Hour. Shameless plug. Yep, yep. All right, dude. Well, th- there's 64 reviews, so not too many reviews on Ron Tomatoes officially. There's a 50,000 ratings. For audience score, but the tomato meter is at ninety four percent. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not surprised though. Yeah. Not surprised. Yeah. Certified fresh. So Ken, damn it, updated score. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's like this. Almost like the same thing. Now Andrea, Andrea uh, kind of gets a goose egg on this one because she's technically yeah. third. Yeah. Um, so you get 15 points now. I have 12. Mm-hmm. And Andrea has nine. Eight. Eight. Really? She doesn't get second place? No, technically, because we're both like first. And she's technically third. Darn. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Andrea. I tried to plead your case. I don't think it worked. So- yeah. Because, okay. So the the difference is last week. Um, I had first, and then both of y'all tied for the same for second. So it was tied for second. I see. There, there wasn't a third. Yeah. So we tied for first, and then there's a third place. I see what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> Dang. Sorry, Andrea. But yeah, updated score. Can at 15. I'm at 12. Andrea, you're at eight still. Sorry. Yeah, that was that was really close. Obviously. <laughs> But the next and final award is the I Love You 3000 award where we're going to rate the movie from 1 to 3000. Who cares about Rotten Tomatoes score? It's all about our very accurate, always consistent score, Ken, right? (laughs) Check out our season two scores. 
Holy crap. (laughs) Oh, shoot. Well, for my rating for the I Love You 3000 award, uh, this is, uh, I think, a classic. I'm wondering why I didn't watch this earlier. But actually, you know what? I'm going to use this time to shout out uh, my coworker, uh, and she's like a huge fan of the I don't know the podcast. I mean, I don't know about a huge fan, but she's a fan of the podcast. She listens to some of this. I'm hoping she uh, she was the one that actually put me on to this movie, Infernal Affairs, especially while we were talking about uh, Shang-Chi. So shout out to uh, to Mary for, you know, suggesting this movie, because when I mentioned it to Jeremy, he was like, oh, dude, I'm all in, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, cool. So my rating, 2724. 90.8 percent so Ooh, good that's a high score from ken and that's very rare nowadays mm-hmm. so that's you must have really liked it man well it's because i it's partly my love for the departed and it's the original version of the departed so as much i i, I can't in good faith give the departed a higher score than um infernal affairs for obvious reasons because Dude, they took the best parts of Infernal Affairs and they just didn't mess with it. They kept it in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they just made it their own, sort of. But Infernal Affairs is just so good. Um, the whole story. There's intrigue. Uh, for me, man, I would actually rate it 2610 out of 3,000. Still a really high score for me. It That's is. 87%. That's It's another good score, man. Finally, another good movie, but are we going to be watching another classic next week? What are we watching, Ken, for next week? Okay, well, kind of going back to my teaser from earlier, (laughs) earlier in the episode, I was talking about the offer that you can't refuse. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I didn't want to try my Marlon Brando because uh, that would be very futile. Next week, we are going to be talking about arguably one of the best movies of all time, Yes, we are talking about The Godfather because you know what, Jeremy? The Godfather just recently turned 50 years old. Holy crap. That's (laughs) nuts. (laughs) That's nuts to say. Yeah, 50 years. So 50-year anniversary, and we're going to be covering it here, episode 67 on the Weekly Reel. Yes. I've seen it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, arguably my best favorite movie of all time because mm. you know as the unbearable weight of massive talent says it's kind of hard to actually put a top three because there's so many yeah. uh, movies out there there's moods there's like where you're currently <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm just reliving the movie yeah. it's so good but um it's available to stream currently now on paramount plus okay yeah still not sponsored i haven't seen the movie before surprisingly out of all my years of living so far, and uh, I'm a movie lover, so I still haven't seen the de- not the Departed, the Godfather, <laughs> <laughs> in 50 years that it's been out. So I'm gonna be excited to to see what all the hype is all about yeah. for the Godfather. And, and you know what? We may have a guest on the show that is a huge fan of this movie as well. So yeah, definitely looking forward to next week. Mm-hmm. So, Ken, uh, until next week, where can they follow you on the social medias? Uh, social media. Mostly active on, tw- 
I'm sorry, uh, Instagram. That's the one I'm more active on. I haven't really been as active on Twitter, but I do check Twitter a lot, uh, mainly for a lot of different things like pop culture, sports, and all that stuff. Uh, but you can follow me on either platform at FreeKenA. Nice. If you want to follow me, I'm actually more active now on JP underscore Flicks on Instagram. I changed my profile picture to match with Ken now. <laughs> Oh, you did? I have to check it. Yeah, I remember uh, you were asking me about that. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny how we uh, we talked about that randomly, but we'll talk more offline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just gotta gotta update the stuff, but yeah. And I fixed my notification stuff, so I'll actually get notified. Hopefully, we'll see how the week goes. But good to know. <laughs> uh, Ken, any final thoughts on Infernal Affairs before we close the episode out? Uh, I was very, very surprised at how faithful Martin Scorsese was for a lot of the, I guess, high impact scenes. But even some of the smaller like details, like the bug. Remember the Departed? Like uh, mm-hmm. Billy Costing was afraid of being, um, I guess, found out uh, by wearing a wire. He was like, no wires, and he ended up throwing it in the water. And then Yan also had that problem with the the large wire, and he somehow <laughs> yeah. was able to conceal it. That, and then remember the uh, the cast, it's just like little mm-hmm. details. Even the way that, they dressed. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, even the way they dressed. I loved how faithful Martin Scorsese was to Infernal Affairs. It was more of like, a, hey, you know what? You made a classic I just want to see if we could build on uh, that, you know, just a little bit more of a storytelling aspect to it. So, see, yeah, so. I like that. That's a, that's my final thoughts were going to be too. Was basically, I like that the remake didn't like trash on the original. It pretty much just remade it in their own style, Martin, Scors- Martin Scorsese style. It works. Obviously, it's a matter of like, I guess opinion on which stuff you might like better or not but it's like you know it's just different different styles different cultures and uh I, either way i enjoy both movies and i'd like to see that uh the original still holds up you know the uh, for some reason i was thinking of total recall and how i was like you know the <laughs> the original still so good and remake not so much <laughs> so this is uh, that's how you make a remake. You stay faithful uh, to what made it good and just add a little bit of your flavor to it, you know? Agreed, agreed. <laughs> Looking at you, uh, what is that, 2012? I don't even remember what year that Total Recall came out. And, of course, I have to bring up an Arnold reference. Yeah. <laughs> but with that, guys, uh, we're not going to be seeing Arnold in The Godfather next week. But I hope we see you next week when we watch The Godfather. Until then, we'll see you next time on The Reels.